Father Dave shows how insensitive he is by forgetting that the Buccaneers lost to the Lions and also Deacon Bob's birthday. They discuss NFL football, witnessing faith in sports, gambling, the March for Life, the new spring semester, and challenges in parish ministry. And now, here are Father Dave and Deacon Bob. Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And, what's, I'm, what's, and I'm Deacon Bob. What's that little voices that are starting before yes, we so start? This was, um, First was it like the sound of an eight-year-old <laughs> child, and now what is going on? Help me understand my own world. I'm here to help you understand. Okay, okay. It's AI. The power of AI. Are you serious? AI. That whole thing's happening without us even knowing? <laughs> It is. It's just making it up. Well, I, I have to type the script for it. So um, we had an idea that I thought was a great one. It actually wasn't my idea. Somebody, Lisa had the idea. Let's give Lisa, Lisa credit yeah, for this. Lisa. Good job, Lisa. You're awesome. Um, what if in the beginning of each episode, a voice just explains this is what you're going to listen to today? Because folks that listen, they're not reading descriptions. And so maybe they just want to know what it is. If you find it helpful, shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. And if you don't, uh, we don't. Bob, want to, we, we don't want to do hear about that it all the time. What do we do? Do we get emails very often? When like will we, we get emails now, people giving their opinion on this. We might. I think we will. I hope so. Now, now we will because you just said because that. Because I just said it. Because you just and said somebody it. will email. Us now that. everyone's gonna be like, ah, that's, that's dumb. Doesn't, doesn't believe it at all. Okay, that's great. So, so we're doing that to help you. If it's not helpful, let us know. But we're trying to be helpful. And then if and you then, watch the video, <laughs> that's where it gets a little weird. It does. it does. Well, there's this little thing that I can put it into a cartoon, and it's like a little blue cat person, which we don't like. We don't the like that. The official position of no. this podcast is <laughs> all right. I'll find a different one for okay. this episode. Okay. Um, I have two words. <gasps> Wide right. I don't understand. Did you watch the game last night? Well, which one? Buffalo. No, you know, I was, I was sleeping. Field goal at the end, wide right. Oh, is that missed. how it ended? Yes, yes. Oh, that's a minute left. A minute left, oh. kick a field goal to tie it, wide right. Well, you know, that's how they lost their one of their Super Bowls. That's that's why I said more than one. Yeah. Yeah, multiple ones, literally. Oh, my goodness. So our condolences to the Bills fan. Let's catch up for the NFL, particularly for Sister Mary Beth, who doesn't get to watch TV, right. but all of her and sisters Teresa, talk who about wants it. to be able to communicate with her boys. Exactly. So um, the, let's just start with that game. The Buffalo Bills hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. Apparently, it was the first road game for the Kansas City Chiefs. For Mahomes. For Mahomes. Okay, yeah, 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 for, yeah. for Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, they won. They won. They won. So Which? Was Taylor Swift there? She was. You know what? Let's just say this. She's a faithful girlfriend. All right, we said it. Can we we move said on? it. Well, it just. Well, it I'm was, surprised it that she's at all these games. It was interesting too because uh, Kelsey's brother, who plays obviously for the Steelers, he was. He plays for the Eagles. Excuse me, for the Eagles. Yeah, he was in the box. Okay. And suffice it to say, he he felt called to take off his shirt. Oh. And chug a beer when, sure. when his brother got a, a touchdown. So oh, that's nice. Who wouldn't have done that? I mean, that's, if you were to score a touchdown, I'd do that for you. You do it for me. Take off my shirt? Yeah, and cheer for me, wouldn't you? What, what, when how, I give a good homily, you do that. Oh, I do that yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, but only if it's like 50 degrees yeah, that's or right, higher. That's right. Yeah, so and then I get tased by the altar servers. That's but it should be. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, really good time. Okay, so that was game one. Game two, the, well, the Texans, the Texans beat, lost, lost to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, who look very, very good. Shout yes. out to all the Baltimore fans out there. We uh -huh. have some friends who are. 
Yeah, Baltimore's tough. Deacons, Kevin's, Craig, all the Deacons Baltimore, I know. Baltimore's tough. Yeah, I think they seem to be favored. If they play that way. And we want them to win. We do. The official position of this podcast is we do not want Kansas City to beat them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the next game. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Okay. And no offense to those in Kansas City, but you can enjoy the fact that now people are getting off your bandwagon because you're just winning too okay. much. You're do just we, winning too much. Do we have listeners in Kansas City? Yes, we do. We've gotten emails from Kansas City people. There you go. Okay. Yeah, and we have friends in Kansas okay. City. Okay, so the other is the Lions won, which makes us happy. Well. It does. Can we talk about this? Yeah. So the Lions played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, wait, wait. I totally, seriously. Did you forget I that? Totally did. Dude, I seriously? Totally did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is so bad. I totally, oh, oh yeah. You are exactly like ESPN. Like, here's the thing. Like, I saw a whole news story about how the Lions won, and they didn't even mention the name Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're like, the Lions won, and let's talk to the Lions. It's like, you know, there was a team they played who played them well. Now, let's shout this out. To be honest, you might be wondering, Bob, were you depressed? Um, I was a little bit saddened, but Buccaneers had a great season. Um, nobody expected mm-hmm. them to win the NFC South, mm-hmm. and they did. Yep. They got past the first round of playoffs. I'll give you that. And up until a minute and 38 seconds, they were in it against the Lions, going into Detroit with that insanity. Yes, a couple of things. Played a, really well. A, I think it would be fair to say Tampa Bay finished their season well. I, I, they sure. didn't have a great season. They were 9-7. and seven. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. So they well, they so started 3-1, and, one, okay, and then but they, here's, they won here's, the last five of Here's the six. one thing maybe about Detroit. Okay. Because you know what bugged me the previous week is all of the press was on Dallas losing rather than on sure. Detroit winning their first game in since like – like 15, Forever. 1581, Something right? like that. Yes, yeah, 50. Yeah, before the, yeah, before the, the country was yeah, established, yeah. Uh, they did that. Yeah. Did you see, okay, so did you see the video of the guy um, crying? No. So when they won their first game. Was this was, a Lions fan crying? Yeah, there was a, yeah. a video. Of I saw a, some videos of Bills fans crying. Of, of the Lions when they won, him crying. And, yeah. and then they act, you know, they followed up. They tried to find this guy. Right. It was actually a really beautiful story because they were talking, uh, he and his father had gone to all the, you know, Lions games, his father passed away. Yeah. It was just kind of this, but it was funny because I was talking with a group of people and they go, that's, you know, that's a little extreme, you know, crying. It's like, is it? Because, you know, when I went to the Notre Dame game last year and Notre Dame beat uh, Clemson, okay, it was the first Notre Dame game I went to without my dad, you know, mm. without my dad being able to talk to him and all that. And they won. I mean, Clemson was number three in the country. It was really emotional, yeah. you know. So it was, yeah, yeah. it was kind of like this. Yeah, it's emotional. There's, but you and I, we're actually going to talk a little bit about that. The power of sports that has, yeah. So we can talk more about that. But we have to one more game and make sure we got everything set. I forgot which game we haven't talked about. San Francisco. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that was another close. That was one. a good game. That was a good game. They came back from behind. That's unusual for San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, they beat. That team. Green Bay. Green Bay. Yep. Right. They'd be Green so Bay. So we've got San Francisco totally San Francisco against Detroit. The official position of this podcast is Detroit. With a little bit of sympathy to San Francisco. Because we really like Purdy. That's yeah. a great yeah. story. I mean, just, so again, Sister Mary Beth, Brock Purdy is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He was the last person Mr. picked in the draft. Irrelevant. They called him. I mean, they literally gave him a jersey that said irrelevant yeah. on the back of it. That's kind of the joke way to end the NFL draft. That was like two years ago. He was third string. The two top two players got injured and Purdy took over and was amazing. Yep. And so this season, I think this is his first full season. 
as a starter? Yeah, yeah maybe first or second. Yeah, it's yeah, close or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the point is, it's a really cool story. Okay, and the other cool thing is, uh, we don't we don't want to go too deep in the woods, but college athletes now have what's called NIL money, so they can get paid. It's, yeah, it's a long story. So the second, name, image, and likeness right, is that what second, it stands for? Exactly. Okay. The second stream, second string quarterback for the Texas Longhorns in college, who is. Uh, um, Manning's nephew, not Manning's. Yeah, yeah, Manning's name, um, okay. nephew. Okay. okay, so he is making two times more than Brock Purdy is <laughs> as the you know possible MVP right. to the. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just crazy because he's on a first year contract, so he's making less than a million dollars. Yeah, that's okay. Nice. So the official position is um, Detroit and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Okay, and then I I'll, I'll root for the Lions. That's Detroit. Yeah, but oh, in, then, in, and the then you'll root for the Ravens. Ooh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge later. Okay, okay. Okay, here's the other thing. Uh, did you follow the whole uh, C.J. Stroud? Did you follow no, I, I heard about this. They, this was really interesting. Yeah. So at the end of the game, they won. They obviously won, then they lost their next game. But at the end of the game, he won, and he said, you know, first I'd like to give all glory to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, it allows me to. So, And then he does the interview. So NBC posted this on social media and they clipped him giving witness to the Lord. Hmm. So there's been kind of like this, right. this pushback a little bit. Donovan McNabb of, of Happy Memory. Yes. He said, he goes, it's so like the media. Former quarterback of the Eagles. Yeah, he said, it's so like the media. They're so lame. They don't, they don't want people. We, they talk about wanting diversity, but they don't want diversity. They want right. everyone the same. So John Harbaugh, the coach of the Baltimore, um, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, started his press conference with this. The first thing he says is greatness, power, glory, victory, and honor belong to you because everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you. The kingdom of God belongs to you, O Lord, from Chronicles. Nice. And, and you couldn't not at least yeah. mention this because it's that's how he started his whole right. press conference. Yeah, and Chronicles is a deep dive. Like yeah, that yeah, shows, yeah, yeah, That yeah. shows some flex. Yeah, he's, like, he's it's not like John 316. That. That's right, that's right. You know, he's like, I'm going to go into Chronicles. You well, don't he, find he, a lot of people but, but he go goes, there. he goes in and he talks about it's part of the culture of their team, that text. Really? Is that putting the Lord in the middle of everything. That's why we're doing what we do. One of the fun things about going to football games and uh, seeing the beginning of the game, when teams run out, you know, and they, you know, you see them like running through the smoke and the fire and stuff like that. What they don't show you on camera is those teams run to the end zone, kneel down, yeah, yeah. and pray. So, are you? This sounds like a weird question because I'm sure you're happy, but like athletes saying, you know, give praise to the Lord. Is that something you think is good, bad, different, effective, not effective? I think it's awesome. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's a very good thing because. It, we just don't hear it a lot, you know, in society and culture. I, I always feel a little weird about it because what I do notice is like when somebody's involved in some kind of scandal or criminal things, yeah. they'll, you know, Deshaun Watson was like, you know, I'm just going to believe in the Lord and the Lord will carry me yeah, through yeah. this. It's like, oh, great. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to we're going to hear the witness from the guy that's going through a court case right now saying he believes in the Lord. Now, I, I'm not saying he doesn't believe in the Lord, but it's. It's almost like the cameras are like, oh, yeah, let's show this because it makes it seem like he's hypocritical with things. Yeah, there was one of the athletes last year that when they lost, he said the same thing. He said, it's easy for us to give witness when we win. But he goes, you know, I'm still here. The Lord has been faithful and yeah. I, I want to give him. The thing is, I, I obviously, that's not, I, even, I think I worded it wrong. Of course, we're in favor of it um, and whether or not it's effective or not. But one of the things that why I think it's important is so oftentimes, as proven by NBC clipping that, a voice of faith has been silenced in our culture. Sure. You know, we can make it sound like 
it's the extreme. But your point is well taken. If you watch a game, there'll be, I mean, not the whole team will go down there and pray, but there's usually. There's a lot of them. Yeah, 10 or 12. There's a lot of them, yeah. So the media oftentimes just silences that. So people think that it's not actually there or it's not actually. And the. Honestly, the pro activist, whatever it is, they're going to be front and center, and they're yeah. going to be. So I think it, it gives that voice, honestly, to avoid to an area that is actually important to a lot of athletes. I mean, yeah. faith is really important to a lot of athletes. So I was proud of C.J. Stroud. I'm glad they lost, but I was proud of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you? I don't think we've ever talked about one of my the advertising campaign. Jesus gets us. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just great. That's yeah, right. I don't know if you've right. checked out the website or not. It's it's really beautiful. He and gets us, right? That's he gets us. Yeah, there, he yeah. gets us. org maybe or com. But um, it's just nice to see videos of a, a commercial that isn't insurance or a car. Yeah, it's pretty normal. That talks about how Jesus can relate to us and relate to people in, in different situations. Okay, speaking of commercials, okay, I, and that's important. I absolutely agree. He gets yeah, okay, us. Yeah, great, let's, great. Let's we'll, get to it really We'll fast. cut that part yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. podcast and we'll get to the interesting stuff. Have you been watching the whole caveman Geico? <laughs> I think that's brilliant. It is good. Yes, that's For those so of you who aren't watching, there was that whole campaign years ago. years ago. It's like even a caveman can do it. Well, now it's years later. He's married. He has a family. And and he's kind of let that go, and he's frustrated because he got a letter saying, you know, we're bringing this up again. So I'm, I'm sure on Super Bowl Sunday there's going to be there's going to be a, a huge. It's, it's actually been it. a really really clever campaign. Yeah. yeah, I I always think like, how much money do insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies have? A to, lot to basically make movies. A lot apparently. A lot. Okay. The uh, the deeper question before we get out of this section. Okay. Gambling on football and sports. Yay or nay? Nay. You've never done it. No. All right. What's your? Oh no, me either. I haven't either. Why do you ask? <laughs> I mean, why do you ask that? I mean, I just wondered. Yeah, sure. How about you though? Have you done like draft? I mean, it's like why do you ESPN ask? bet. Just, that's DraftKings. No, no. We've come on, we open this door. We open this door. No, I haven't. But it, but it is really popular. I think all, honestly, I think all of my nephews they don't do a lot, and and it's kind of one of the things they they text and they communicate with each other. But they all put in probably ten, fifteen bucks a week. Yeah, and it's just interesting. It's just so commonplace and so easy now. Right. Well, now that it's legal yeah, and it's, yeah. I mean, you you start watching, you open up your ESPN app and That's it's right. asking, it, do you want to bet? Yeah, yeah I know. It's, 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 so, it's so crazy too. Like five years ago, it was Anathema and now it's yeah. one, of the, one of their biggest sponsors. It's yeah, just, it's everybody crazy. can do it. And it's all, but you see, this is what I don't like about it. So what's, what happened? Money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, what if the what if the casinos give you some money to do it? Oh, wait, what? Well, now I think we're not as opposed to it. And, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole vibe of it kind of bugs me a little bit. I mean, I would never say like, oh, that, that's sinful. Don't do it. You know, but gosh, gambling addiction is a real problem. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a slippery yeah. slope. And, and I'm not a fan now of like all the commentary of like the over-unders yeah, and yeah, the by three yeah, and the yeah, by six yeah. and other things like that. By the hook. Yeah, but it is fun on a, on a lower way of, you know, just making bets with friends and, you know, trying to prove that you're smarter than they are, which is always a total Yeah, because guess. people who have no idea are the ones who usually win. And yes. I'm just a little bitter because my sister-in-law won last year and she's like, yeah. Anyway. Maybe last story about this. Um, I've decided to give up fantasy football. Okay. Um, and this is why we have a family league, which I'm never really that good at anyway. Um, last year we decided to let my son Aiden who was 10 years old, he was nine years old at the time, have a team. And so, of course, he picked just the dumbest players because he's a nine-year-old. And, of course, he lost miserably because he just did that. Well, this year, we forgot that we kept him in the league. 
and we didn't know what his password was. So when we went in the draft, it just auto-drafted all of his players. The same players. He was 11-2 and two oh, on the season. See that? He's gifted. And he didn't even take – he couldn't access it the entire season. He didn't even take out players for the bye week. It sounds and like he, my team. he ended up just crushing everybody. It's like, well, then what's the point of this if the computer is going to just do something better? So there. There you go. I'm done. That's it. Were we going to talk about sports? Did I skip that? We're good? We're good. Oh, that's great. I'm glad I'm good. Last Friday, hundreds of Franciscan students and alumni joined the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. They braved the cold and marched with people from across the nation to advocate for our society's most vulnerable members. Even with the overturn of Roe v. Wade, we have seen how important it is to continue to speak up for the unborn. And at Franciscan University, we promote the dignity of human life every day, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you could, please take a moment today to pray for the protection of the unborn, for their mothers and fathers, and for a peaceful end to abortion in our country. And our prayers go with those of you that had the opportunity to either march in Washington, D.C., or in other places of the country. I know folks, usually west of the Mississippi, they've got different gatherings and and prayer vigils. And you want to talk about something that gets cut from media attention. I mean, these are massive, you know, like you have like 300 people rally for something stupid. Yeah, yeah. And it's on, you know, the front story of CNN. And how many, tens of thousands of people show up and it's like, yeah, we're not even going to mention that this year. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many times I've gone. And people always ask me, you know, what was it like? What are the numbers? I have no idea. There were a lot of people there. Yeah. Any other questions? <laughs> right. I really don't. It's right. like there was just a lot of people there. Um, it was interesting, though. This year, well, the university, we've done this. I mean, as long as I've been uh, back to the university, I mean, yeah. forever. But we do a Thursday night holy hour with alumni the night before the march, whenever okay. that is. And it was really beautiful. We gathered maybe So that's it, just alumni. That wasn't the buses because the buses right, leave right, on Friday right, right, morning. Right. Or yeah, something. it was yeah. just it was just okay. the alumni and it actually snowed. So there wasn't as many people. We had I think about eighty five people sign up. Yeah. And it snowed that night, so we didn't have many as many people. I think we had about fifty people come. Okay. But it was really beautiful. We do a holy hour at St. Mary's in uh, Old Town, which is a beautiful, beautiful little church. Interesting though. Have you ever been there? Nope. St. Mary's in Old Town. So it's a beautiful little church, but up near the front, there's this kind of partition area mm. where that had some pews. And it was actually where slaves would sit mm. when they when they were able to go to Mass. And somebody, when the pastor was telling me this, he shared with me that some people said, oh, that's, you know, that's awful. They can't sit wherever they want. And he goes, no, you, you don't get it. I mean, this church was profoundly progressive that they allowed right. slaves to come to mass. And this is you in know, Virginia. Yeah, this is exactly. <laughs> right? like, this is in Virginia. Yeah. So it was really kind of this. Yeah, this is a different beauty, side of the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, yeah, this so, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful image. So we had the holy hour, which was wonderful, and then a social hour afterwards, which was just great. It's always, always wonderful to see our alumni. Uh, and then that night we had another snow. So Washington, D.C. under snow is just beautiful. Hmm. And there was something, I don't know, poetic about the snow covering, you know, for the March for Life and, and, and all that goes into that. But we had, yeah, seven buses. I don't know how many other students came. Um, you know, alumni, friends. It's it's yeah. a, it's really a blessing. But it's interesting because the route changed. They usually go north of the Capitol, and now they're going south of the Capitol. And they used to end at the Supreme Court. Right. Now they end at the Capitol. 
on the other side of the Capitol. That's the, the new right. ba- that's the new right, fight. Exactly, right, exactly, exactly. So you stop there and then you, huh. you spend some time praying. So um, the, it, it was a beautiful – yeah, it was a beautiful march. It's always it's always moving for me to be a part of it. Interestingly, back in some ways connected to our last segment, uh, Joe um, Jim Harbaugh spoke. Hmm. Okay. He, he was the head coach, obviously, of Michigan. He's right. going to be a future NFL coach. We're quite certain of that. But, you know, that's pretty bold of him. Yeah. You know, to stand up and to speak at the at the pro-life march. I mean— Particularly because he doesn't have a job yet. Yeah, and he's gotten—he's, you know, he's been very publicly pro-life. He's Catholic. Yeah. And, and he's gotten a lot of crap for it. I remember when he spoke up at last year and really came against the president of the University of Michigan. But this goes to the question that just—I mean, not the question. The thing that just frustrates me is we live in a culture that says diversity, 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 mm-hmm. unless— Right. You know, and I really wondered about that. Will that— Will some some teams or someone else not want to hire him because he's been so outspoken about pro life? Yeah, and I, and the answer is probably, probably yes. I think yeah, I think so. Some media so. team is like, no, 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 we don't want this guy because it's going to upset, yeah, you know, whomever. And and you're right, it is that idea of can we can, are people allowed to have contrary beliefs? I mean, there are some things in our culture that are like no. Yeah. You know, you must yeah, believe in pro-choice. Right, right, right. You must believe in transgenderism. You must, you know, like yeah, yeah. these things, which if you don't believe it, I was just uh, talking to a friend of mine who works at a parish and they just came up in their staff meeting about Pope Francis's uh, oh. stance against surrogacy. Oh, okay. And he started saying, I think Pope Francis is right here. And he said the entire parish staff mm-hmm. turned against him. He's yeah. like... I'm working in a church yeah, yeah. and I'm being treated like I'm some kind of Neanderthal yeah. from the Middle Ages yeah, yeah. because because of this. It happens everywhere. And um, yeah, I think you said something in a previous podcast that I really liked, something about how uh, tolerant of everything but forgiving of nothing. Yeah, that yeah, really yeah, describes yeah, yeah. our yeah. That really describes the culture in which we live in. And just don't call it tolerance. Just call it a different kind. Right, 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 you right, know, right. Of, right. Of whatever. Yeah, so it was a blessing to be at the march. And from there, I went on down. I had some meetings down in North Carolina and then got back late last night. So That's great. You had a good weekend. I did. I actually flew up on Sunday morning. I went to Naperville in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I flew into Chicago. I did two different events for confirmation students and their parents. And then I flew back first thing this morning so I could teach my classes and have a podcast with you. This is a Monday afternoon, if you're curious as to when we're recording. And how many classes this semester? Seven. Okay. Four on ground, three okay. online. And the, mo- the one that you're most looking forward to? Well, the one I get the most excited about is the new one, which is a core class. It's Theology 110, Word of God, Scripture, and Tradition. And what I love about that class is um, – you know, many of my classes, I, I so I also direct our master's program in catechetics and evangelization. So I, I teach a lot of grad classes and a lot of upperclassmen classes. This is the first time I really just get to teach freshmen of all different majors, mm-hmm. some of whom are excited to be there. Others are like, eh, I got to do this because I'm at Franciscan. And for me, it's just a chance to evangelize. It's a chance to get them excited about God's revelation. It's a chance to get them I pray really passionate about Scripture. You know, I hope that it. I say in the beginning. I know it's a thick, intimidating book. I hope by the end, it's a friend. You know that you you know where things are in it, and particularly you know how to pray with it and how to encounter Christ that's through cool. it and hear Christ through it. So that's, that's cool. that gets me pretty jazzed. We had an announcement last Friday since you and I have been together. Our mm-hmm. PhD in theology was approved. Woo! 
So Franciscan University will be offering a PhD. That's in our first doctorate ever. First, but not only. Not only, but we can't speak we can't of other things that. that have not yet been but accredited. Others might be coming down mm-hmm. the pipe. But it really is. It's really exciting. That's a good step for us. That's cool. I'm, well, I'm sure you'll have a great semester. When I came in here, Bob had this little book, a little white book. <laughs> yeah. But it's really nice. And it's a picture that he takes of all the students so he can get to know their names and pray with them and pray for them. I take so, Polaroid pictures of all the students. They sign their name on the bottom and then I put them in my happy Facebook. little binder. We call it a Facebook. It's old school Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And then I just try to look at it every day. I was mentioning I have about 130 students and – the challenge for me is I really want to know their names. I, I want to remember their faces and know their names. And particularly like this freshman class, for example, there's about 40 students in it. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. uncommon. Our lower class, you know, our core classes like any college are usually pretty big. And then as they go deeper into their major, they get smaller. Um, so realizing I was facing, I haven't had a class that size in a long time. So I just wanted to do something and it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, good. It's well, welcome awesome. back. Have a good semester. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. But we have one more section we're talking about. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, did we want to talk about sports and like how we're connected to it? Um, we could talk about that or we could talk about um, people struggling with ministry. Oh, let's do that one. All right. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because that was actually uh, – I had some great conversations when I was in uh, Naperville with some of the youth ministers there. I had dinner with two of them who are veteran youth ministers of like 15 to 20 years and – um, you know, the more I travel and talk with folks in ministry, they all have similar stories, you know, of they've been at a couple parishes or they've been in a couple dioceses. And, you know, working particularly, I think, in dioceses and in parishes in the church, it's a, it's a cross that mm-hmm. you carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to do my best to help prepare students for it. It's not uncommon and that you get a new pastor and new vision and – you could have had a thriving ministry, but you're moving on to, right, to somewhere right, else. Right. And that's not necessarily – there's not there's no reason to impugn any kind of morality to it. Like different leadership has different priorities. And particularly in youth ministry though, sometimes you know, you'll get a pastor who's passionate about youth ministry right. and they'll really support it. Then you get another guy who uh, his passions lie elsewhere and they want to support something else and suddenly this youth minister is – not getting the budget they used to and not getting the 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 support that they used to get and um and that's always a sad thing but it's it, it's just part of the life i think yeah, of it it's actually one of the questions when when students talk to me about where they should work and they're applying for different positions particularly in ministry yeah a couple of things that i ask them i generally again generally suggest people not take a position merely because you like the pastor or, right. or you like the bishop because all of those things change. So yeah. if the only reason you're going to a diocese is because you like the bishop and two years later he gets transferred or retires or whatever, right. that's that's quite quite a step to make just for the bishop. Yeah. But then the other is, I'll ask, how long has the pastor been there? Yes. I tell them to ask yeah, us on yeah, job yeah, interviews, yeah. right? Because, again, and, and I like the way you put it, Bob. It's not to say necessarily that the guy, new guy coming in is he just may have a different priority or yeah. focus or a way of doing ministry. And the reality is, is at times that person is going to have to change his position or her position. And that's really, really difficult. Right. Yeah. And it's not uncommon when a new pastor comes in, a number of the at least the ministry positions in a parish can change over. Usually the business manager might stick around right, and right. the secretary might stick around. But um, again, depending on 
the view. And and I haven't even mentioned in so many places these parish mergers that mm-hmm. are occurring and closing parishes. You know, when these parishes merge, they usually look at the staff and they say, well, who's the senior person? That person keeps the job. Who's mm-hmm. the younger person? That person's out. And then there's also, and I, I talk with students about this, and it's a bit heartbreaking. You know, they 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 have kids and they have a few kids and suddenly they just can't afford to be in ministry anymore. And unfortunately, we've not found a way in our church to support large families, the worst of which is, uh, and I've heard this from a few times for people that it's almost like they feel they get blamed for one. You know, it's like, well, you wanted the large family. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I thought I was responding to what the Lord was telling us to do. And I forget being out of Steubenville, you know, when I was in Chicago and I mentioned I had seven kids, people were like falling off their chair. Like, mm-hmm. what? How could you possibly do that? But there is sadly a, a strong mentality of like, no, you're allowed two kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, you three kids when well, you're being exorbitant. Four kids, okay, well, that's on you, right? <laughs> and I think there's going to always be challenges in the life of the church how can we support really talented people that are working for the church? But when I talk to my students, I talk about the evangelical um, – wait, what are they called? Councils? Yeah. 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 So yeah. poverty, chastity, and obedience, these are um, these are vows yeah. that uh, religious take. I Now, they're not religious, but I say it might not be poverty, chastity, and obedience – but you do have to embrace uh, frugality, a purity, Simplicity. and a powerlessness yeah, yeah, in some ways. Yeah. You know, like that is part of the life of ministry is that you're always going to be trying to figure out how to make ends meet. A lot of them have side hustles, but yeah. the Lord also provides. I mean, there's a lot of great stories of folks that yeah, you know, it's, it's, can make it, but it's tough. And yeah, so we're just shouting out. I know a lot of you listeners are in those kinds of ministry situations. You're giving your all uh, many times you don't feel supported, certainly you might be struggling financially, and the Lord sees all of that, and the Lord is blessing you and, and is going to bless that. Yeah, and it's 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 actually really, it's difficult at times, you know, because I've, I've worked, we've been doing this long enough, with a number of people that have been all involved in youth ministry, and then they end up going on to something else because yeah. they do, because they'd like to make more money. And it puts the parish in a hard position, too, I mean, the parish can't afford to pay, you know, $100,000 for a youth minister. Yeah. So that is one of the ways where I think the lay people can kind of be attentive to that. Yeah. You know, if there's a youth minister in your parish, give her a gift card every now. It's I mean, huge, I mean right. it sounds so silly, but yeah. a $50 gift card to some of your youth ministers is like it's massive. It's cool. I mean, it means they maybe could take their spouse out for dinner or right. date. So little things like that that you can support them very, very personally go a long ways. And I would say, though, just a little asterisk to what you're saying. Some some parishes obviously cannot afford it, right. and some can. Yeah. I think the most frustrating thing for me as I travel is seeing large parishes with big budgets. And, and I would say this also is just a reflection on the people in the pew can find a way to raise $5 million for a building or something but when it comes to a salary for a person who's going to do ministry, regardless of youth or whatever, I, I think we can do a poor job of investing in people. Mm-hmm. And I would say mm-hmm. that applies to lay ministers and parishes. I, that would apply to teachers in Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. You know, the history of our country is when we started, that was all taken care of by religious orders. And I think there's almost still a mentality like somebody else should be paying for this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, – and it's it's just a challenge all the way around. So certainly, I 
I would have loved that when I was in ministry, just little things you might be able to do um, because it's a sacrifice to do ministry. It's a sacrifice to spend time. And and there's a lot of questions about what kind of future do you have in sure, ministry, sure, and, sure. and it's a very unstable unstable thing. But if the Lord is calling you to it, the Lord's going to get you yeah, through it. Faith, right, right. Yeah. Right, so that's a little invitation to everyone listening. Uh, do something for somebody in your parish in this next week. Yeah. Drop them a note. Let them know you're praying for them. Get them a coffee. Yeah. Like that. Dunkin' okay. Donuts gift card. Yeah. Yep. Cool. That would, that'd be a great and wonderful thing. Cool. Last thing I want to say is uh, hmm. tomorrow is a conversion of Paul. Yay. And I'm a huge fan of that. So wait, that's right, because today is Wednesday. Yeah. So yes. way to go, Paul. We're glad you're converted. Yes, it's a it's a big thing. And then the next day is the feast of two of his disciples. Yes. They start with the letter T. Yeah. I know. Oh. Okay. Why don't you tell the people? Timothy and Titus. Yeah. And is also, do you know? My birthday. It's not your birthday. Oh. No, what? What are you getting at? It's my birthday. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Jesus, is it really? Come on, man. You you forgot the Bucks played. You forget my birthday? There's a lot going on in my life. Happy birthday, <sighs> Bob. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. You can send me a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> gift card. <laughs> that was no, so, don't. Give it so to your youth ridiculous. minister. Give it to your youth minister. All right, Lord, we thank you for your call on our life. And I thank you for Bob in his birthday. And Woo. just bless his socks off. And we thank you for those who do so much ministry in the church yes. and the vast majority of it isn't noticed. So we ask your blessing upon them and the listeners, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you all. Yeah, hope at franciscan.edu. You know, maybe one of the reasons why people have stopped emailing us is because we still haven't done it's coming. questions. Next week. We swear. Next we swear. Week. It's coming. We can't wait. Yeah, indeed. God bless everybody. And go to hope at franciscan.edu. Bye. It wasn't as exciting. I'll have the AI do it. It'll sound awesome. Good. Send your email to hope at franciscan.edu. They That Hope is a production of Franciscan University of Steubenville.